I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to season three of Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. Hello, my dear loyal listeners. Two important announcements today, if you're listening to it on the day it comes out, as you should be, because you should be downloading it and listening right away. It's Tuesday. It's election day. Go to the fucking polls and vote, you fucking morons, because this is America and you have a duty to vote. That's what Chrissy Teigen said. The second important thing, just as important, is that if you're listening to it today or Wednesday, I have a show in New York City at Caroline's on Broadway. That's right, you bitches on Broadway. <laughs> uh, you can get tickets at mattbellisai.com slash tour. Come on out, it's going to be fun. It's all new jokes. It'll probably be a mess, but it's Wine Wednesday and we can have fun. I'll okay. be there. You'll hear my laugh IRL and it will be piercing. <laughs> I'm paying Barry to be in the audience to laugh. <laughs> so when it inevitably goes off the rails... It'll still be fun. (laughs) But anyway, we're back for season three of Unhappy Hour with more screams, more laughs, and more guests than ever before. And unfortunately, that also means I'm back in the studio with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Man, it has been quite a month. Uh, Is there anything you want to catch up on? So much. Okay, Harry Styles is co-chairing the 2019 Met Gala. Harry Styles wore an incredible Dodgers sparkly outfit a la Elton John that made me almost a sports fan. And Harry Styles interviewed Timothy Chalamet for ID Magazine. That's it. That's all that happened this past month. That's all you have to know. So now we're all up to speed. Let's get into this week's episode. We're kicking the season off with Worst Things First, where I enlighten you with horrible headlines from around the world. Then we are diving deep into family gatherings because we are on the cusp of holiday season and I need to prepare for the worst. Also, because our guest today wrote, directed, and stars in The Oath, a new movie about an especially tense Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, uh-huh, that's right. We got Ike Barinholtz on the show today for an interview and a game. Ike is a comedian, writer, director. Besides his very own movie, you might also recognize him as Morgan Tookers on The Mindy Project and from a bunch of other funny places. We got all that and more, so let's get... Wait a second, Matt, wait. We forgot something important. What, Barry? We now have our very own Twitter handle. Oh, right. Okay, that's worth interrupting me for, I guess. We got a brand new Twitter page that will be dedicated solely to all things Unhappy Hour. Go follow us at Unhappy Hour Pod. That's right, because some dumbass has the Unhappy Hour handle and she hasn't used it since 2017. We'll post pics, videos, share episode links, probably really dumb jokes that Barry writes and doesn't clear with me before sending. Yes, It'll yes, be yes. so worth it. Go give it a follow. Okay, now let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's spread those turkey legs. 
and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's get into the worst news of the week. First, a 90-year-old woman in Northeast England is back in court this week. Oh, God. After refusing to stop making hundreds of, quote, abusive calls to emergency services, (laughs) demanding pasties, cups of tea, and rides to bingo. (laughs) Does she think that 911 is like TaskRabbit? (laughs) It's it's 999 in the UK. Oh, I'm so sorry. She literally has made hundreds of calls (laughs) demanding pasties, which are not nipple covers in the UK. It's a baked pastry, unfortunately. This Um, definitely sounds like your type of woman. (laughs) Like, you will I be know. <laughs> this woman named Lena has apparently told operators to send paramedics numerous times shouting things like, bring me a cup of tea and a pasty. <laughs> Hurry up, I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> My pasty's fucking fell on the floor, you stupid cunts. <laughs> Get the ambulance out now. <laughs> and I need someone to take me to bingo to keep me calm. Stop fucking messing around with me. I'm not going to sit in this house all day. You're a descendant of this woman. Here's the thing. Bring her a fucking pasty, you (laughs) monsters. She's a 90-year-old woman. Bring her to bingo. Lena, you can come to bingo with me if you're listening, and I'm sure you are. (laughs) Set down the phone and just... Tweet at us, unhappy hour pod. (laughs) Send us a tweet and I'll come pick you up. Apparently, she was given a two-year conditional discharge in July after being convicted of making nuisance calls, but she was back in court in October after making 420 <gasps> more calls. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's an ultimate prankster. Between July 14th and August 30th, in one month, that's like... 12 phone calls a day, math. Wow. (laughs) And now she's back in court. She admitted to malicious communications (laughs) offense and was handed a 12-month community order. (laughs) What? What is she going to do? (laughs) My favorite thing, this was in like the Daily Mail, which is the worst newspaper in the world. (laughs) And they had this picture of her coming out of court and she has a cane in one hand and then a giant inhaler in the other hand. (laughs) An inhaler with that like long attachment. Oh, yeah. No, I've used that. <laughs> I know, same. <laughs> anyway, shout out to Lena. Never stop being you. Just ride it out. You haven't got long left. Next! A nun came out as a lesbian, hey. which is great news. The only bad thing is that the nun is dead. And her actually her ghost came out as a lesbian. I'm sorry, what? Um, she told it to a group of queer ghost hunters. <gasps> There's a YouTube series called Queer Ghost Hunters, because why not? Everybody just assumes that all ghosts are straight. Guess what? No. It's funny because they go to, like, bathhouses. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, where where would gay ghosts be hanging out? The bathhouse. <laughs> um, so it features a team of LGBT ghost hunters, and they claim to have made contact with 15 gay ghosts so far this is why representation matters i want representation in the spiritual community the spirit realm because yeah gay ghosts have more fun 
Speaking of ghosts, a lot of people sent me this story. A British woman who claims she has slept with at least 20 ghosts says she's now engaged to a poltergeist. Oh, Mazel Yeah, congratulations to them. This woman named Amethyst Realm. Yep, definitely. Definitely her birth name. I'm, (laughs) I'm almost positive that's on her birth certificate. She was interviewed on British Morning TV like a year ago to say that she'd given up men in favor of ghosts, Are which, like, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> we should all If I had so that lucky. connection, yeah, I wouldn't be fucking around with, with real-life men. No. No. Not that I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, she met this poltergeist. She calls it a him because that's easiest. She met him on a trip into the Australian bush. Mm. That's, where, that's where I meet all of my lovers. And then he took a trip. Into her bush. (laughs) He did. She said that they had sex on the airplane back. Whoa. Mile High Club. Yeah. Mile High Ghost Club. Was it in the bathroom? Does she need to go somewhere for it? Can she just stay in her seat? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe we should have her on. Yeah. Next! A half-naked 26-year-old woman fell through the ceiling of a Tennessee burger and barbecue joint. (laughs) Not just once. But twice. What? Does she live above it? Before being apprehended by police. Basically, an employee at the barbecue and burger joint called police to report that she saw a woman bust through the ceiling tile. And then the woman was able to pull herself up and retreat back into the ceiling. <laughs> I just love that choice of words. Like, I don't, like a spider. She retreated back into the ceiling. Officers arrived... And while they were looking around, the woman fell back through (laughs) the ceiling, landing on the floor of the kitchen before trying to run away. That's when police saw that she was wearing nothing from the waist down. You know, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. We've all been in a barbecue and burger joint and you get stuck in the ceiling with your pants off and then you fall through twice. Next! A Russian scientist working in Antarctica is facing attempted murder charges after allegedly stabbing a colleague for telling him the endings of books. (laughs) That guy deserves it. (laughs) An engineer named Sergei is accused of stabbing a welder named Oleg in the chest. Oh, no. An algorithm wrote this story. <laughs> it's just like, pick the most stereotypical Russian names, Sergei and Oleg. Apparently, the guy was evacuated to a hospital and he wasn't in any real danger. But the one guy would always rent books from like the local library, but then spoil the endings. And the first guy was like, fuck you. I'm going to stab you in the chest instead. <laughs> I used to work at a bank when I was 16 years old because I'm a nerd. <laughs> And this, like, older woman that I worked with would literally every Monday, she would come back and she'd have seen every movie that came out. That's all that she did was see every new release. And then she would recount the plot in detail, including the endings of every movie. <laughs> and honestly, I respect this man so much because he he took initiative and stabbed that fucking person. Mary Lou is lucky. She's alive. Well, she might not be. I don't know. This was a long time ago. Oh, no. And finally, police officers were called to a wine store in Florida. Only in Florida. 
because two already drunk customers were allegedly trying to recreate a scene from Dirty Dancing in the middle of the store. <laughs> which one? <laughs> they do not specify which scene, but it's probably the dance one. You know the dance scene from <laughs> Dirty Dancing? That one. <laughs> There's got, it's got to be the one where you lift her up. Yeah. This is just, that's the whole plot of this movie. Let them dance. <laughs> Don't, you can never stop anyone from dancing. Nobody puts them in a corner. This is what happens in Florida. Censorship. You do, you girls. I hope when you get out of jail, <laughs> you go back to Total Wine and more and you dance your faces off. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are diving deep into the terrors of family gatherings. Turkey leg. Aunt Cheryl. Raisinette. Cranberry sauce. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Well, it's the beginning of November. The leaves have changed. The sun now sets at 2 p.m. And all of you fake seasonal iced coffee drinkers have succumbed to the weakness of your fingertips and gone back to hot. You're fake. Which all means one thing. Fall is here. <laughs> and it's time to get festive and this body is festive for thanksgiving bitch this this body is festive for thanksgiving year round i'm always ready and now it's just my moment it's finally in season that's right it's family gathering season the time of year when many of us sidle up to a table with friends family and or mortal enemies to break bread and possibly also break one another's faces okay so in honor of the sometimes vicious spirit of family gatherings let's dive deep into the worst things about bumping elbows with the old fam. And yes, this might be a few weeks early, but hey, some of us need that long to mentally and physically prepare for this. So You're welcome. I wrote this last night when I was high. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Let's get into it! First! Guaranteed! You're asked the same fucking questions every year, and I'm sick of it! Are you seeing anybody? I'm seeing lots of people. You know why? Because I have two eyes, and I'm not the little boy from The Sixth Sense. This isn't a press conference, all right? I'm not here to take questions. When I have a relationship to announce, you will be alerted through the proper channels. Until then, please send all inquiries to my publicist. <laughs> she will get back to you in a timely fashion. I'm sick of answering questions every time I go home for Thanksgiving. No thanks. Also, I'm sick of the same arguments over food every single year. Here's the definitive answer to every debate. Cranberry sauce is trash. Yes. Dark meat is better than white meat. Still because don't understand the it's difference. More succulent. Okay. Broccoli casserole is better than green bean casserole. Yeah. Mac and cheese is not a Thanksgiving food, but I'll allow it if it makes its way to the table. Please. Salad should never be a part of a holiday meal. Mm -mm. Pumpkin pie is the only good pie, and nobody knows what the fuck a yam is. Next, obviously, whoever decided to hold elections like three weeks before Thanksgiving is homophobic and racist and probably a pedophile. Okay, 
because you're trash. You ruined everything. I just wanted to sit down and eat a bowl of gravy in peace. But now I have to scream globs of gravy everywhere, just trying to convince my uncle that Mexican people are human beings. Thanks a lot. This throat should be inhaling sweet potatoes, not shouting about how the Republican Party is a bunch of millionaires and billionaires trying to use abortion and trans people to scare half of the country into voting for tax breaks for millionaires and billionaires. (laughs) You want to fight, Uncle Gary? Because I went to the gym twice this month. Also at Thanksgiving, everybody's like, oh, oh, who's going Black Friday shopping? (laughs) And it's like, none of us are, Cheryl. Okay, first of all, the Amazon robots will be doing all of my holiday shopping for me. Thank you. (laughs) I haven't left my house in four weeks. I'm not going to punch some minivan driver at five in the morning just so I can save $6 off a $2,000 flat screen 4K TV. First of all, nobody knows what the fuck a 4K TV is. No idea. All these electronic stores are trying to convince me I need to buy some type of diamond-encrusted Star Trek screen just so I can spend 10 hours a day with my dick out in front of it. Also, Black Friday shopping isn't even fun anymore because all these big box stores open at like 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. That's true. Because capitalism is a scourge. And the oligarchs who run this country get to sit at home on their thrones while the piss ants at the bottom of the totem pole have to miss out on pie just to sell discount Tickle Me Furbies to Midwestern moms with undercuts. You get really political when you're stoned. I'm just saying. (laughs) When we eat the rich, I call Harry Styles. Also, people are always like, uh, how's work? <laughs> um, how's work? Uh, I don't know, Aunt Helen. Maybe if you listen to my podcast every week, you'd know. Maybe, maybe you should just have a Google alert on my name. You'd know that I was recently featured in three separate news items last month. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's 0.7 news articles per week. Okay. (laughs) I could walk in here and talk about Cousin Terry's addiction to anime porn because that's a mystery that cannot be solved via search engine. Why aren't we asking the real questions? Like, when was the last time you retweeted me? And why haven't you been liking and commenting on all of my Instagrams? Also, there's like too many children at family functions, and I cannot allow that because they're starting to get smarter than me. And I don't like that. I I literally don't know what to talk to them about. What do you ask them about? So, do you have all your teeth yet? (laughs) That's all I know. (laughs) Also, nobody understands that the only things that I want to be talking about are the things that I want to be talking about. Okay? Does that make sense? Uh, Please elaborate. I don't give a fuck if you got fired from your job just before retirement and might lose your house. Oh, God. God. Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson broke up. And if I have to understand what that means, then so do you. Thank you. Next. I'm tired of having my version of success compared to my cousins. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cousin Andrew bought a house and had a baby. Did Cousin Andrew win a People's Choice Award three years ago? (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. Just because I'll never retire because I'm trapped in the cycle of indentured servitude that is renting real estate in New York City and I've been single for 336 months doesn't mean my achievements are not valid. Oh, I want to give you a hug. (laughs) 
Also, family, they always want to see pictures you took on your phone after you tell any story. And it's like, that is a dangerous game of, of camera roulette. You're asking for a dangerous situation, my friend. Sure, you, you might get a glimpse of my trip to Barcelona, but one swipe too many. And you also might see a picture of the mole on the bottom of my left testicle that I took for my doctor, even though he was like, please don't send me a picture of your ball mole. Just make an appointment. And I was like, a picture is not going to hurt, right? I'll just take it and send it. And he's like, a picture is never as good. It's just making an in-person appointment. And I was like, I'm just going to take a quick picture and I'll send it to you. And then it turns out, it was just a raisinette. <laughs> a wet raisinette that got stuck and wouldn't come off in the shower. Then it's like three separate people will ask you if you lost weight, even though you know you gained weight. And it's like, maybe we just keep comments about our bodies to ourselves, okay? The only weight I care about is the weight until dinner starts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which probably won't be long because dinner at Family Functions always starts at like 2 p.m. And it's like, uh, great. Now I just ate a huge ass late lunch and I'm going to be hungry at like 9 p.m. when all the hot food has developed a filmy layer of goo on top of it. So we're all fucked. Okay, why can't we just eat at a normal fucking time? And then you don't look at me and you don't make eye contact with me while I eat it. Okay. Also, everybody judges you for the amount that you drink. And it's like, listen, I'm a professional. I appreciate your concern, but an entire bottle of wine is basically just a Capri Sun to me at this point. So <laughs> why don't you just not judge me as I crack open bottle number three and we'll be fine. And finally... The question, so, what's new with you? No! I didn't write anything for that. I just am mad about it. What's new with me? What's new with me? What's new with you, Aunt Caroline? <laughs> Your boobs, I can tell. Everyone is fake. You're all fake. And I have to pull all the weight as the gay cousin. <laughs> It's my duty to our nation to be here presenting myself as the only homosexual in the family. And I have to bring out all the stops, all the bells and whistles. I have to bring out the capes. I have to bring out the tassels. I have to bring out my baton on fire. All to keep this family afloat. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered with it. I'm done. I'm already done. And it's not even the middle of November yet. I haven't even booked my goddamn flights. <sighs> that's all I have time for today. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Ike Barinholtz in the studio right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. With three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential, Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. Not to mention, the breathable design helps you sleep cool. It regulates your body temperature throughout the night. Plus, it's delivered right to your door in a small, how-do-they-do-that size box with free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. And the best part, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. After all, you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. 
But if you're me, you spend more like one half of your life in bed. Uh, I'm watching TV in there. I'm a reading. I'm a writing. I'm snacking. I'm practicing trigonometry. And since I've got a Casper mattress, no matter what it is I'm doing on my mattress, I am comfortable, I am cool, and I am feeling like a sweet baby angel. And you can feel like a sweet baby angel and get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash unhappy and using unhappy at checkout. That's casper.com slash unhappy, offer code unhappy for $50 off your mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Skillshare. Guess what? I'm a teacher. That's right, me. I made a class on Skillshare on writing for the internet so you can learn from me, a master, on how to make the good stuff. People always ask me how I got started on the internet. This is how. This is how you learn. What is Skillshare, you ask? Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 creative and entrepreneurial classes to fuel lifelong learning, including my very own class on creating shareable content. So whether you're just trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. Ready to make better content and grow your audience? Then join me on Skillshare today with a special offer just for you listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Unhappy Hour listeners with two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash unhappy. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash unhappy to start your free two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash unhappy. My guest complainer today is Ike Barinholtz. Ike is an actor, comedian, and writer. His new movie, The Oath, which he wrote, directed, and stars in, is out now. Ike, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I feel like we are on a date. In we the are. the most exclusive restaurant in the world. One table in a closet. That is exactly what But it's not a closet. It's an actual sound booth. Yeah. It's got, you know, it's got these sound booth things where you know you're in a sound booth. So, so we, could, we could murder one another and nobody would know. Except for the engineers and the folks outside. <laughs> so real quick, guys, if he murders me, um, call the police. Good, good. I, I <laughs> They've don't want to die in here. I have, I, have, I have a lot of people counting on me. Right. Well, we like to start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Hmm. Just to get our complaining juices flowing. I can tell you, I, I, there's parts of the beach that I like, mm-hmm. but I fucking hate sand. Yeah. I hate it. I hate that you go to the beach and you, you step in the sand for a second and then somehow everything you own has little grains of sand in it that are impossible to get out and they track everywhere and it's, yeah. I, I hate it. You touch sand and it's part of you forever. It's part of you forever. There's it, no escaping no, it. No, I hate sand. So whenever people are like, let's go to the beach, I'm always like, is there like a rocky beach somewhere? Because sand sucks and it gets in my car and in my shoes and it's impossible to get out. And I really, I know sand is one of your sponsors. Yes. So yes. I'm so we're going to have to take all of that we'll out. We'll take it out, but, but F sand. 
I, I identify as, as a pale uh, Midwesterner. Where are you from? I am from Chicago. Where? I'm from the south suburbs of Chicago. Which one? The town I'm from is called Elsip, which— I know Elsip. Do you really? I'm, I do. I'm, I grew up in the city, and when you grow up in Chicago, you know every single suburb. Yeah. And I know Elsip. And you worked for the, the CTA at one point, the, the, the L? I did work for the CTA. I worked in the marketing department at okay. the CTA. So you didn't have to, like, deal with— the the horrors of of people. No, on I the still CGA. did. I still did. In fact, you know the fair card machines, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. So we tested the prototype. My department did, and I'll never forget. It was like nineteen ninety seven, maybe ninety eight, and they had installed like three of them around the city. And I had to go to popular stations during the rush hour, AM rush, and try to persuade riders to try this new technology. Yeah. And the first day, like, no, you know, in the morning, people just have their headphones on, they have their coffee, they don't want to talk to anyone. So I was the guy standing in line being like, I see you're waiting in line for the token clerk. Do you want to try one of these machines? And this first guy's like, fine, fine. He's already mad. And I go, well, all you do is take, you know, uh, whatever, one, five, 10 or 20, and you could put in all I have is a 20. I go, well, the machine accepts 20s. And I put it in, and I go, then just hit this button, and nothing happens. And I go, well, just just hit that button. And I start hitting it a few times. And he's like, what's going on, man? What's happening? Why is it not working? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's working. It just takes a second. And I kept pressing it. And I think I kind of hit it with my elbow. And it wasn't working. And I went over to the token clerk. And I said, hey, this gentleman just tried to buy a ticket from the fare card machine. And I, went, I need to give him a refund. She's like, what? Who? Huh? No. No, I'm not, I don't know you. I don't know the machine. So I had to give this guy a basically like a receipt to bring to the merchandise mart on uh-huh. his lunch hour to get his $20 back. He looked me right in the eye and said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was like soul cry. I like ruined his day just by trying to be do my job. That is, that's the thing about like, obviously the MTA here in New York is a disaster. I heard it's been really bad like yeah. lately. Yeah. I, there's, a, there's an image of a train got stuck underground in between two stations and they had to... Uh, have another train come in and push it into the station. That's a good system. I think that's how it's supposed to work. But it was stuck underground with no power, no air conditioning in the middle of the summer. And when it pulled into the station, all the windows were fogged oh. up. And there were just hand streaks. Oh, God. Like it's like a horror dystopian. movie. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, that has haunted me. I wasn't even on that train. Yeah. But the image of it The image of being stuck me. on a crowded New York train during rush hour for an yeah. extended period of time is like you could legitimately make a horror movie out of it. It's <laughs> awful. <laughs> uh, but the, the one better thing about the MTA than the Chicago trains is that Chicago trains, the seats are fabric. Yeah. Which is, I didn't Very think twice about it yeah. until I moved to New York and I was like, wait a minute. You sit on one of those those, those seats and all of a sudden your, your ass is wet. You're yeah. like, oh, did someone like spill? I hope this is water or coffee. I <laughs> it's hope never it is. water. It's, it's not. Never it's water. almost always uh, uh, urine. Yeah, at least. And if you're lucky. Yeah, Chicago Chicago has its good things. It has, it, has its ups and downs, I would say. <laughs> what is what is the worst thing someone could say about Chicago in your eyes? The worst thing someone could say about Chicago. I mean, this look, this is not the worst. I mean, the worst thing is like when Trump's like it's murder capital, it's the murder capital. <laughs> right. But like to me, I get angry when people like look if you don't like deep dish pizza that's fine you can totally not like it exactly. I, I get it but when people are like that's not pizza like it's not pizza i'm like okay it's a fucking sphere of dough with tomato <laughs> sauce and cheese that's been placed in an onion with italian style <laughs> toppings what do you want to call it do you want to call it a shoe 
Uh, so that's the thing. I'm just kind of like, no, it's it's pizza. You can still have, like New York pizza. Ugh. Exactly. Fuck it, it's pizza. I agree. I agree. Just eat it. It's good. It's you don't good. Have, we don't have to argue about the classification. No, and what's better doesn't matter. What do you like more or less? It's But they're both pizza, dude. We're too divided in this. People just want to put a wedge between two cities by they do. saying— They really do. It's this an, pizza is better. It's an un, inorganic and unnecessary fight. Right. There's real things to fight about, like sports teams. Exactly. Um, speaking of sports, you have the honor of being the first— Straight white man who is a guest on this podcast. Are you serious? <laughs> wow. We, we, we ran the numbers. <laughs> and the and first... we had quite a few guests. The first straight man was W. Kamau Bell. He took the that honor. Uh, I, I'm honored, and I, I think uh, I fit. I, I should be that person. Good. Yes. Um, my, my question is, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry <laughs> for the world. <laughs> I'll consider your apology. Um, yes, it's listen, listen. I don't know if you, you know, you follow the president, but it's a scary time for boys out there. I, I try not to, but but it is. Yeah. It's very scary, and uh, I just hope that you know, white guys out there, uh, you know, it's a tough time for us, and we have to band together. And don't let them take away our country because <laughs> yep. it's ours. Young, young, straight, white boys need a role model like you. They do. Where, where else are they going to look? Where else are they going to go? No, it's me. And I, 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 no, I'm proud to take that mantle. And I know most of the uh, straight white guys I know are, are wonderful, uh, wonderful woke men who, uh-huh, who, uh-huh. Uh, who love this country and love their families and are trying to uh, make it better. I like how you said most. No, no. Oh, I got a Not couple. <laughs> I got a couple friends who aren't woke. They're asleep. Right, right. I guess on that topic, let's talk about your movie. Let's so, do it. Uh, the oath, why don't you just like give us a quick summary of what it is? If you can imagine mm-hmm. an America where politics has divided everyone, <laughs> and a president who's obsessed with loyalty, uh huh, and who's a budding authoritarian. If you can imagine that, step out of the box that you live in. And uh, he has asked the uh, uh, citizenry to sign this this loyalty oath, and it's driven a bigger wedge in the population. Half the people say, oh, it's not a problem. What's the big deal? Other half are like, this is Stalin. And the deadline to sign it is the Friday after Thanksgiving, right? Black Friday. So the whole movie takes place in the house the week of Thanksgiving where all the relatives are there and everyone's already tense and ready to fight. Right. And so kind of the first half of the movie is like basically this family, you know, trying to, you know, keep their shit together during the week. And then these evil external forces come to the house and it kind of turns into this very bloody exciting thriller so it, it's 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 a there's no, nothing else like it out there it's a yeah. very uh, singular movie and we've taken it all over the country to, to red states and blue states and purple states and the reaction has been pretty awesome we're pretty nice. thrilled with uh, the with with what people take away from it yeah it's I mean it's very much like get out in that it's 99% is based in reality. And then yes. it's that 1% just craziness. Yeah, it is. It's it's like a lot of people are like, it's too close to home, man. You know, I fight <laughs> with my relatives and I have a president that's obsessed with loyalty. And, and like, look, there's, you know, Jimmy Kimmel said this movie, and you look back at it in three years and be like, oh, this was like a documentary. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but it's definitely, uh, it's the same producers as Get Out. And right. I think they like to try to make 
movies that have some some social relevance and are somewhat reflective as to what we're seeing in society right now. Right, right. Uh, the crazy. I mean, I, I, obviously, it's it's Thanksgiving season. Is it's, it's upon up. us? It's upon us. <laughs> Everyone's that, getting ready. The fucked up thing is that we have to have this election right before I know, Thanksgiving. I know. It's I know. Like I whoever know. whoever decided to have elections around uh, holiday time is they they want us to fight with one another. I'm gonna be one of two kinds of drunk at Thanksgiving. Either I'm going to be like super happy drunk or I'm like running around laughing or I'm just going to be like old man at a bar right. just sopping with whiskey and just <laughs> sitting there with this little faraway look in my eyes. So I, either way, I'm drinking. Is your do you come from uh, like a politically divided family? Mm. Like, is this is this based in reality? In well, your reality? My, my family is, uh, for all intents and purposes, very united politically. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea for the movie came after the 2016 election. After that Thanksgiving, my mom and my brother and I got in this huge fight about mm-hmm. the election. We're like blaming each other, which is crazy. And the next day, I was like, oh, my God, we all voted for the same person, like, rather enthusiastically. And we were, like, pointing fingers and, like, it's your fault. And uh, I just knew that this kind of arena of the American holiday table was just forever changed. It was never going to go back. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, you know, take that that world and kind of blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we do. I I also think about how I don't know if if other families are anything like my family, like there are family rifts that stem from absolutely nothing. Oh yeah, like we, we I mean we've been aligned politically, but we I'll never forget I I went to go see the movie Wet Hot American Summer, mm-hmm. classic, classic, loved it, blew me away. My brother saw it, he's like I loved it. My parents saw it, and they were like, I hate this movie. I fucking hate it. I was like, how could you hate it? I remember, like, specifically yelling at them, like, you know what? Just go watch Becker. Stay home and watch fucking Becker, because that's what you're, that's meant for you. This is a movie for us. So we, we, we take those things. Uh, we, we handle them with passion, because mm-hmm. I think they are important, too. Like, it's not, you know, if you like something and you really care about it, you have to let people know. Yeah. I my family it's like oh I asked you to bring a pie and you didn't bring a pie and now you're never invited to anything ever again. <laughs> well, that's fucked up. If you say you're bringing a pie and you show a pie list, that is like exactly that is not cool, man. The, now the entire meal is affected uh, by, yeah, by that's your ignorance. Very selfish. Yeah, I'm but on yeah, your side. There are there are deep family divisions that stem from if you and then it just kind of exponentially gets worse. Well, and yeah, because we hold on to everything and we don't always resolve things. We're just right. like, oh, let it go, let it go, and then it builds up until one day, like you know, you turn to your aunt and you're like, you're a whore, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, she's like, what did I do? You forgot the pie. You forgot the pie. Never forget the pie. Changing tack here. Uh, so you are also uh, on the Mindy Project, yes. right? And on a scale of like Michael Scott from The Office <laughs> to like Miranda Priestly from Devil Wears Prada, yes. how terrifying of a boss is Mindy Kaling? <laughs> oh, that's really good. She's like, I think she's right in between those two. Right. Because she admittedly, like, I remember one time she had like a like a party at her house and just we were all out of town and she was like, I am Michael Scott. Like I've invited all my employees <laughs> to a party and none of them are coming. But then she's like Miranda Priestly in the sense that she expects excellence and she she uh, works so hard and I think kind of sets the standard. And if you're not working hard, you know, she'll, she'll let you know. I mean, she's like, but she's the best boss I've ever had and she's like one of my best friends. So 
if somehow Miranda Priestly and Michael Scott had a baby, I think you could do worse than Mindy right, Kaling. Right, um, I am if Michael Scott and Dwight had a baby. That's what I am. <laughs> I see that. Yes. I see that. Yeah. I also have asked every one of her. We had Fortune Feinster on. Oh, the Guy best. Branham was oh, here. I just did a podcast with him the other day. Um, and I asked all of them if they were the father of her baby. But the, they were definitely, like, off the table. And Why? <laughs> Anything could happen. Guy, yeah. He has the parts, at Fortune least. would be a tough one. Right, There would have right. to be some real, like, splicing going on. Right, right. But uh, it might be Guy. But it's 2018, so you hey, never know. No judgment. There are ways. No judgment. So my money is still on Fortune. I think so. Um, That's one of my favorite lines in the Mindy Project when she like gets dumped and Fortune's character is like, join my team. And he's like, no, I don't have to be gay yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. You have to hold out She has a couple more years. Um, you started out as an improv performer, yeah. right? Yeah, I started um, out in Chicago. And I usually love asking performers if you can recall just your worst moment on stage. Oof, I've had so, so <laughs> many. Oh Improv my seems especially like you would kind of have a have a, a stack of those I horrible rem- moments. I, I, just kind of early starting on in the improv scene, like I didn't know what I was doing. But I would still invite my parents and all my friends to come see the show, you know. And I would always just be like big, aggro, you know, angry white dude. And I just remember one show in specific. I was just like... The audience hated us. We were doing bad work, and I was not doing well. And I'm one of those guys where if I go out and do the first few scenes and I'm not getting laughs, some people would just be like, I'm going to sit back and just sit this. But I'm like, no, I'm chasing it. (laughs) So I kept going back out there, and I'll never forget, I heard a woman say, like in the front row, whispered to her boyfriend, ugh, this guy again. (laughs) And I was like, ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's hard not to take that personally because yeah, but it's uh, meant personally. If you fail, just keep failing uh-huh. until until you fail so much that when you succeed, people are like, oh, good job. You didn't fail this time. <laughs> Very nice. I see what you did. Yeah. I, do you, I remember reading an interview with Stephen Colbert where he talked about like just loving that moment when you bomb completely. Just like learning to love it so much. If so you can that... get to that spot, you've, you're basically giving yourself a bulletproof vest. Yeah. I feel like he's the only person who yeah. can actually you're get like, in that like I know like space. Norm MacDonald's always like, I like when I don't get any laughs. <laughs> and I'm like, whew, you're really in good mental shape, I think. Because, you know, if you're able to, to quote unquote, own it and, and be like, yeah, they hated it. Nice. That's a good place to get because you'll never feel bad about yourself. But I'm yeah. not built like that. I definitely take it personally. Yeah. So it's 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 especially when you're on stage and there's literally people in front of you who are there to judge what you're so doing. So close. They're sitting like <laughs> like you could smell their breath. Yeah. <laughs> it's hardcore, man. When they don't like it, it's hard not to be like, oh, you hate me everything about oh absolutely and try try making a movie it's like you're inviting everyone into your house to see how you decorated and you've taken off your clothes and they're like hey you're getting a little you got some some uh really hairy ass don't you and you're like yes (laughs) thank you for looking it's hardcore man is it easier though that you don't have to kind of see people's reactions their faces at a movie uh yes that is true that is true um i mean i still we've been touring the country with this movie and i still do like sneak into the theater to hear the laughs and stuff which is like you need that but uh one time we were doing i can't remember what maybe neighbors two or something and i went to a test screening and we could just kind of watch the movie play. And then they were like, 
now we're going to film everyone talking about their favorite parts. And mm -hmm. Seth Rogen's like, I think you should leave. We should both leave right now. You don't want to see this. You don't want to see people because in that situation, they'll, they'll, they'll have issues with things you have no control over. They'll be right. like, I didn't like that one guy's teeth. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I, what do you want me to do? I like, this is how I was born. I don't want to get corrective dental surgery. It's just like, you feel so vulnerable. Um, but you just have to just kind of keep going and take it with a grain of salt and then just trying to keep doing stuff. It's hard. Yeah. I'm such but it's good. The, the uh, like creative I'm, life. Oh, yeah. it's, it's such a motherfucker. <laughs> but it's good. Like it's, it's, it's good. Especially like if you have something that you are proud of, like I'm proud of this movie, The Oath. Like I think it's, you won't see another movie like it this year. It's, it's just, it walks the line between like funny, like laughing as hard as you can and then being like legitimately scared and, and being like, I need to get out of this house. And so to go around and show it to people and get the reactions, it's been very like affirming. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I think a lot of comedians talk about like how hard it is to make comedy. Like nobody's crying over comedians. Oh, oh you can't make jokes. Right. About it. <laughs> right. But it, it's, there's a very fine line between like what kind of is just too much right now for people. Like things are just so heavy that like how do you kind of how do you kind of make comedy in this world where like. You know, children are in cages. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, that's, uh, that's why I decided to make this movie the right. way I did. Like, I, you know, you wake up in the morning and you check Twitter and, like, the first thing you see is, like, uh, uh, pig in a diaper. <laughs> Look at pig in a diaper, everyone. Oh, my God, he's so funny. <laughs> and then the next thing is, like, oh, my God, a mother and a child separate at the border. Listen right. to the audio. You start crying. So I knew that to, when I was going to make this movie, it was never going to be just a pure comedy because mm -hmm. that would not be reflective of this absurd time we're living in. And at the same token, I didn't want to make it super serious because then you're missing all the humanity and the kind of the heart and the the laughs that we do have these days. Like Donald right. Trump is the only person, not the only person, but one of the only people who can make you like punch your head because you're so angry. And then like you laugh at something he did that's so stupid and the way he says it. So, so you know, uh, I, I think uh, I, I'm excited to to kind of tell stories that I feel like are in tune with, with, with America in 2018 and I hope more people don't. Yeah. 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 That was all to say that, yeah, I, I think that the movie gets at that and, and is also funny. <laughs> yeah, it's also funny. And, like, it's, it, it walks that line where you, right. something horrible will happen and then we cut it with a joke. And that was kind of the balancing act of the film is to make sure that we never tip it too much so it's never too funny and not too scary. And, and uh, I think we kind of found, at least from my taste, the, the right kind of mix. Right. Yeah. Um, well, before we let you, we, we don't have a whole lot of time. I do want to play a quick game. It's pretty yes. simple. I love games. It's a series of scenarios, series of governments, so to speak. Ooh. And you have to tell me whether you would pledge an oath Got it. of allegiance to this this hypothetical government. Love All it. Right? Love it. First, a government led by Taylor Swift, wherein everyone is required to be her best friend and hand deliver a wrapped birthday present to her feet every year. Yeah, you I would pledge allegiance. You have to. I would pledge allegiance to that. To Tay Tay, yeah, I would. You'd have to give her a gift. Sure, I don't mind. Every year until you die or she dies. I also dies. have a foot fetish. <laughs> So maybe I could get a sniff. 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm down with that uh, because you know what that that lady uh, she has a lot of uh, gumption. I feel like she you know really uh, probably turned off a lot of her fans, but I think she basically looked at this dire situation we're in. And she's like, I have to say something. So guess what, Tay Tay, uh, I'll hail you, and I will be uh, bringing you a gift to your feet and taking a sniff uh, very soon. She got yeah, she got there eventually. Yeah, and now there's a bunch of new voters. That's so it. That's good. I'll take it. A government that installs cameras in every stuffed animal in the country, right? But the cameras are only activated if you use the word coitus. Oh. Uh, so you're really trying to, like, appeal to, like, the furries here. I, do they use that word? In, I'm not, I'm not well, familiar with all the intricacies. Furries are people who use stuffed animals for sex play. Oh, I'm, I'm familiar with the, the culture, just not their parlance. Well, I just feel like if there's a stuffed animal and they're talking about cunnilingus, it has to be a furry. That's so true. So I would not pledge allegiance to that. I don't want anything to do. I like I like to have sex with my wife and then play with my stuffed animals afterwards. Okay. I don't like to combine the two. Got it. A government just like ours, but instead of a Supreme Court, it's just Beyonce making judicial decisions. I pledge allegiance to Queen B. Uh, I mean, you're asking me what I uh, what's better, Brett Kavanaugh or Beyonce? Right. And I'm going to go with Beyonce on that. There's no check on her. She's just making decisions by herself. I'm fine with it. I trust her. I trust uh, Jay. And I, I, whatever they want to do, I'm fine with that. And I'm almost serious. I'm almost kind of like, oh, yeah, that would be like a really nice break (laughs) from like the hellscape that we live in right now. It's It's true. President Beyonce or Supreme Court Justice Beyonce or whatever the fuck she is. Right. Is Kelly Rowland like a junior justice? She's like a clerk. Oof. Um, It's tough. You'd think she would at least be like one of nine. But I guess guess not. You know, it's pretty good, though. This is just the way that this government is set up. I'm not going to question Beyonce. Uh, a government that requires every cake to be fully homosexual. Uh, I would pledge allegiance to that. Uh, I like gay cakes. I think they're more fun. Right. Um, right. They have better taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, more functions. I think they're conducive to. So if the government said, listen, every cake uh, henceforth is gay, I would I would be fine with that. Good. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, a government where any person that says the word supposedly is publicly guillotined. I'm fine with that, along with uh, 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 foliage and nuclear. Right. Those are the three that right. if, if people are saying those, uh, I think you got to go bye-bye. Uh, a government that requires all straight men to do 10 hours of hard labor every day or else they're banished because maybe then they'll like chill out a bit. I mean, but we should go further. Let's have them do, like, <laughs> 10 hours of labor at, like, Andy Cohn's mansion or, like, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, let's let's really, like, let's let's make sure that they're not just— because if a bunch of straight guys are doing hard labor by themselves, they're just going to get angry. And, right, and right. I think we have to expose them more. So, like, let them, like, you know, uh, you know, clean up the house after RuPaul's Drag Race wraps. Like, let them, yeah. like, let's, like, let's get everyone together here. It has to be only in service of the gays. Yes, I agree with that. Um, all right. Finally, a government that requires everybody to personally tell me that I'm pretty every single day or um, I get to do whatever I want to them. I'm fine with that. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. I think you're pretty. And you. I think, you know, look, I, it is definitely... It, 
people's civil rights will be abridged on that. And they will definitely be like, you know. Right. It's, it is forced it's speech. It's forced speech. But it's also true speech. I mean, the last person to do this was Chairman Mao. Or <laughs> I, I believe so. In communist China for many years, every citizen would have to wake up and talk about uh, how smoking he was. And uh, China's doing pretty well. Right. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Also, everybody will have to force themselves to see how much they can cry at my funeral. Oh. They have to outperform their Yeah, sadness. that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. When when Kim Jong-il died, I remember people were right, like right. crying like it was like, uh, I don't know, the last episode of Cheers, which <laughs> yeah. was very sad for me. Basically I was crying same. a lot. It was basically this. Maybe they also showed Cheers finale that day in <laughs> right, North Korea. Right. But there was a lot of crying, and I'm, I'm sure you'll get the same. And well, if not, they will be beaten. I, we came full circle in that I will not murder you. Uh, oh, thank you. Because you call me pretty. So, thank you. I, I'll, I'll let you leave this closet of a of a podcast <sighs> studio thank you. alive. I have kids, man. It would be so bad if, right. I, if like my wife got the call. It's like, oh, I did the pod that killed them. <laughs> She'd be like, okay, well, I have three fucking kids now. And the worst part is she's a fan of the pod, so she would never be able to listen again. So you would be costing yourself a listener. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that she can continue listening. She will. Where can people find you and your work? Uh, Well, if you go to my Twitter, um, at Ike Barinholtz, I have a little link that if you click on this website from Roadside Attractions, they'll tell you where the oath is playing near you. And all I can tell people is, look, I know... It's asking a lot to go to movie theater in 2018, and you can go see A Star is Born and Venom and all this stuff, but if you go see this movie, those movies are going to be around forever. They're going to be in theaters for a long time. Go and see this. It's totally different, and it will just knock you around a little bit, and you'll walk out, and you'll feel like you had an experience. Awesome. I promise. Everybody go see the oath. I thank you so much. Thank you for having me, baby. I'll see you next time. Absolutely. Bye. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down. Barry, do you have a chaser? Oh, I have so many television shows that I've been watching, and they've all been amazing. Which ones? First of all, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yes. I gotta say, I'm so into it. I'm so excited for season two already. It's dark, and it's, ooh, I just, I love it. How many episodes are there? Uh, Ten, I believe. All right, I'll give it a shot. It's super fun. It's actually, it's not as campy as I thought. It's not as funny as I expected. Yeah. But it's really, I mean, the costumes are amazing. I love, I'm going to say her name wrong, Kiernan. She's amazing. It's just really fun. It's so, I love it. I I didn't, I thought it was going to be like Riverdale where I'm like, love watching it because it's so dumb. Mm-hmm. But um it it actually is like very interesting <laughs> and like made me want to keep watching it. So, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm-hmm. And then I've been watching Elite. Oh yeah. Have you heard about the show? I I thought it was just Elite. It's from Spain, so it's Elite. <laughs> also, I fully thought it was French. Nope, it's from Spain, and it's just a full-fledged soap opera set, and then there's, like, class clashing and, like, religious stuff, and it's so sexual, uh, so sexy. It's like high school, st- it's like Glee, yeah. but no singing and everyone's boning. Yeah, and, and there's, there's murder. murder. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I started watching it and I was turned off because... 
I would rather watch it in Spanish with English subtitles okay, than an English can do dub. It. You, you don't need to watch it in English dub. It's just a settings issue. Really? Yeah, you can you can just go to audio and subtitles and then watch it in, it says like original European Spanish and oh. then the subtitles in English. Yeah, no, I did not watch it dubbing. Don't do that. It takes, I was it's, like, it's, it's so bad. So, it weirds me out so much. Yeah, I'd no, rather no, no. I'd rather read the captions. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. It, that's only eight episodes and... Um, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so my, my chasers are all the television I've been watching, and I love it all. Um, Riverdale's back. The Good Place is back. I'm I'm happy. What about you, Matt? Mine is also a television show I've been it watching. Um, it's a British reality show called Love Island. I've been tweeting and talking about it. I've oh, right. actually watched like 60 hours of it oh in the last week and a half. <laughs> Not an exaggeration. <laughs> Um, if you don't know what Love Island is, there's been like four seasons of it in the UK. Uh, it's all on Hulu, so you can go back and watch it. But it's basically like a bachelorette in, or like Bachelor in Paradise. It's a bunch of like hot people in a villa on an island, and there's they have to like couple up. The best part is that there are basically no rules. Like it just drops all pretense that there is structure, and it's just like we're here to fuck with these people and watch them squirm, <laughs> and also like they're hot and. It's great because the UK. I don't know if it's because it's on Hulu and they like took the censorship away or if it's just like when it's originally filmed in the UK they don't care but like they just openly have sex with one another what? they all sleep in the same room oh and they all are just it's like an orgy oh there was an episode I just watched this morning this is what I do <laughs> <laughs> um, where the one girl is like, if we sleep on top of the covers and the cameras see everything, they can't air it. <gasps> so they just like openly fuck in front of everybody. <laughs> and everybody else is like, what is happening? We can like fully see penetration. It's absurd. Wow. Anyway, Wait, so what's the point of the show? Um, Does anyone win anything? Yeah, the winning couple wins 50,000 pounds. But it's completely like there's no, there's just like no rules or structure. It's just chaos. Amazing. CBS bought the American version that will be coming. Wow. And I'm very excited for it. Wow. And that's my chaser because I will be watching every episode and spending a full like 120 hours of my life. Yeah, that's a job. If James Franco could be trapped under a rock for that long, then I could watch Love Island for that long. Thank you. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Claire Ty, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, Josh Gwynn, music by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at FinkelBarryPie. You can like me on all the social medias at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour at Unhappy Hour Pod. That's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye-bye. Special thanks to Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers perfectly portioned cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables directly to your door for when you need healthy fuel fast. 
Just add water or your favorite milk, blend or heat, and enjoy. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code UNHAPPY to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code UNHAPPY for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. Thanks again to Skillshare for sponsoring today's show. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 creative and entrepreneurial classes to fuel lifelong learning. I've got my very own class on creating shareable content on Skillshare. Want to check it out? As a special offer, my listeners can get two months of Skillshare for free. Just go to Skillshare.com slash unhappy to sign up. 